We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hit by a driver with no insurance? Yes. How about if not enough insurance? Yep. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. in the NFL calendar. It's actually going to be quiet out winter. Uh, I haven't said Winter Park, Jeff. I'm I'm showing my age and my I guess my experience. You and I both worked out at Winter Park for a long time. TCO Performance Center, the TCO Stadium out there. Uh, it is a rare quiet time for the Vikings. And so I kind of like this time of the year talking about the NFL. We get to get a little more in-depth on some things. We get to speculate a little bit more, have some fun. Uh, you might call it the silly season, so let's get a little silly here. Uh, let's start here. I saw a tweet today from Julian Edelman basically saying that Brady and Gronk wanted him to join them in Tampa. And he said, I'm not sellouts like you guys. I'm either playing for the Patriots or I'm not. Now we're in an era of, you know, not just free agency, but constant player movement. And of course you were around the Vikings back in the day where players might play their entire career, certainly their entire prime with one franchise is football better today with unfettered free agency and Brady being able to go to Tampa when he wants, or was it better back then? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a mix, honestly. And I, I think from a fan standpoint, it, it was probably better back then because you knew the team was going to basically stay together from year to year. And when I grew up here living in the Twin Cities as a Viking fan, I basically knew that that, that team was going to be together the – the purple people eaters and with Alan Page and Jim Marshall and Carl Eller, Gary Larson, uh, Tarkenton, Foreman, Rashad, Sammy White, and wide receivers. You knew that, that 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 team, a great offensive line, was going to be intact from year to year. Now the rosters, and, and in those years, really, we would have maybe four or five new players a year on the roster, as opposed to now about 30% or more of the roster turns over every year. And I think it, it becomes a little more difficult for fans to follow and know some of these new players that are coming in or exiting. But it also creates more of a, a new cycle, as, as of course you know and I know. And it, it makes the offseason much more interesting with with free agency and, and with the draft. And, and even, even draft choices back in the day only – maybe three, four draft picks would make the team. And now everybody, every draft choice basically makes the team either on the active roster or the practice squad. And a lot of them are, are pushed into starting roles immediately, which rarely ever happened back in the, say, 1970s, 80s, whatever. And unless you were a superstar like Chuck Foreman or Sammy White and became a rookie of the year, it's pretty rare at that point. But now today, guys that could be fourth, fifth round picks could be starters. And, and so I, I think it, it's, it's a mix. It kind of makes it interesting from the standpoint of, of watching all the maneuvers in the offseason and, and free agency and the extensions that have to be done and, and players such as Lamar Jackson and his situation that we can talk about and 
is he going to be franchised next year? Is he going to be extended this year? And so, and back to Julian Edelman, yeah, I think it was kind of funny to 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 read the the stories and the tweets and his little teaser about coming back and saying, "I'm not going to go play with with Brady and Gronk. I I'm going to I'm going to play in in New England and Foxborough forever." He said so, <laughs> but. I haven't seen the Patriots signing him yet <laughs> at 36 years old, even if he is a, a next Super Bowl MVP. So it is kind of funny how, how all this plays out. And, and as you said, it, it is a different era in, in really all sports. No doubt about it. He's Jeff Diamond. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Check out some of our newer shows on the bench. The Prost Box. We now, we're up to four hockey shows now with Bar Down Beauties and the Russo LaPanta show as well. Uh, check out the Dave, new Dave Lee, Dave Lee show. Dave Lee, formerly of WCCO, of course. Mike Rimsko, Gopher Podcast, Cheryl Reeve. You know all the uh, great personalities we have here. And thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see the shows as they are released. We do recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Or you can go to the website and see all the outdoor content, variety content, talknorth.com. Thanks for our producer, Brianne Burdett, and our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and TSR Injury Law. Well, you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson is betting big on himself. He is he has not signed a contract extension. He has not capitalized on being an MVP caliber player. What do you think of the level of risk he is accepting? Uh, is he making a mistake, or is this going to pay off for him? Well, I, I think it probably will pay off for him. I think kind of kind of similar to Dak Prescott's situation where he waited and waited and finally signed a $40 million a year deal in Dallas, and Lamar um, is under the fifth-year option this year at $23 million. Now, that's not bad. <laughs> I think he can survive on that. And however, when you look at where the top quarterbacks are being paid right now, and I guess it's debatable, is he indeed in that top five class? Production-wise, he has been during the regular season. He has not had the playoff success to follow as of this point. But, hey, neither has Deshaun Watson, and look what happened for his deal. And and Lamar Jackson doesn't have the baggage that, that Watson does. And you just think about how the quarterback market has exploded. And, and since Lamar Jackson was eligible for an extension 15 months ago, the highest quarterback deal has jumped from Mahomes was 45 million a year to Rogers at 50 million a year. And the guarantee highest was 141 million for Mahomes. Now it's two, 230 million for Watson. And so, as I, as I said, Lamar is supposed to play at 23 million this year, and there's a there's kind of an in- interesting uh, corollary to Kirk Cousins that keeps getting mentioned because the speculation is will Jackson follow the Cousins model, which was to to be franchised two years in a row, as Kirk Cousins did, and then he capitalized in free agency with the Vikings with the 84 million dollar contract in 2018. So could Jackson go that route? And play this year under the under the fifth year option of 23 million. Then he could be franchised at over 30 million next year. It it would go up again to probably 35 or 36 million the next year, and then he could hit free agency. And his own owner Steve Bishotti, 
it, it has already said that he thinks the top, top quarterbacks are going to be paid $60 million by 2025 when Jackson could be a free agent. So if you're Lamar Jackson, why would you take anything less than at least what Deshaun Watson got? And if you're the Ravens, it puts you in a tough situation because you've got a, you've got a quarterback who's very productive and exciting and a fan favorite, does all the right things on and off the field, but he has not had the playoff success. So it's a really kind of a sticky wicket uh, for, for both Lamar and the Ravens. But from Lamar's standpoint, and if, if I'm his agent, I would say, hey, unless they're going to step up and give you Watson's deal, why would you? Why would we sign now? Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Jeff, of course, has dealt with these kind of situations. Former Vikings general manager, former NFL executive of the year, former president of the Tennessee Titans, uh, now doing a lot of work for us, and we do appreciate it. Let's uh, let's switch teams here. You know Pete Carroll well. I knew him a little bit, uh, and I followed his career with great interest, especially ever since he was a you know the can the co candidate Denny Green when the Vikings were making a coaching change in 1992. Now Pete Carroll is of a certain age. He's been at it a long, long time. And it looks like Seattle is, you know, whatever you want to phrase it, either rebuilding or potentially just not very good. They traded Russell Wilson. Do you think Seattle is trying to rebuild? And if so, is Pete Carroll the right person to help them rebuild? Just assess that whole situation for me. Yeah, um, I think Pete is, is probably one of the youngest 70-year-olds, I think he's close to 70, but he doesn't look it or act it. He's got a lot of energy. He always has, even going back to when he was an assistant coach here with the Vikings, and and he was always energetic and fun to be around, and he and Monty Kiffin back in the day. And so it's just, to me, and and maybe that's because I'm almost of of a certain age, too, I, I say you're only as old as you feel. And if Pete feels good, and, and I know he's always kept in shape. I, I saw him a few a few years ago out in Seattle. We were out on a visit, and I stopped by the facility, uh, sat down, say hello, and visit with him. And, and we had a great chat, great talk, and he's been a longtime friend. And so I, I say, hey, more power to you, Pete, if, if you are excited about it. And who knows when, when – People speculate about teams rebuilding. Hey, that, that can change in a heartbeat because there's still plenty of talent out in Seattle. The question mark is, is who's going to be the quarterback and are they going to gear up next year for perhaps to draft a quarterback very high and how's that all going to play out there? And so, yeah, I, I think that Pete still is a very good NFL head coach and, and I wouldn't sell the Seahawks short yet. Let's get some Vikings topics. Uh, what happens this time of the year? And is does everybody have a dead period now? Are the scouts do the scouts finally get a break? What what's happening in the organization right now? Yeah, it, it's a, it's a quiet time of year. It, it's really kind of vacation time uh, for the for the the coaches, certainly the staff. And Kevin O'Connell made a comment when we were out of minicamp last week. He said, "I haven't had a break in over a year." because he went straight from the Super Bowl with the Rams to being hired by the Vikings and diving right into free agency and player evaluation and the draft. And, and so he said, I'm just looking forward to spending some time with my, my wife and kids. And 
And I'm sure that a bunch of the other coaches are feeling the same way. And a guy like Wes Phillips, who I know you talk to at, at, at OTAs, and, and, he, and he's a guy that, again, has not had a break. So, so yeah, the coaches will be on vacation now probably in, until, I would say, July 15th, July 20th, heading into training camp. The, the scouts, and I know there have been a, a bunch of a, – a couple of new scouts hired by, by Kwesi and – in his new GM position, and and so they're they're probably kind of getting their feet wet, having a few meetings. But I'm sure they're taking some vacation time too. You've got to do that because the off season really hits starting in, in January when you've got Senior Bowl, you go to Combine, you go to free agency, player workouts, pre-draft workouts, the draft, OTAs, minicamp. So this is the time that people have got to take a break, get on vacation, and kind of recharge before another six, seven months season that's right around the corner. So that, that's kind of what's going on out at, out at Vikings headquarters. I'm sure it's pretty quiet out there right now. But I, I know that people like Kevin O'Connell and, and Kwesi Adafo Menza are still always kind of dialed in and thinking about things and hoping their phone doesn't ring in the middle of the night <laughs> with with some player getting jammed up when, when they go back to their hometowns and <clears throat> start hanging out with their old buddies. That, that was always kind of a nerve-wracking time for me this time of year in, in worrying about, okay, the players are gone and you got to make sure that they understand that you got to do the right thing on and off the field, that everybody's got a cell phone camera. And if you're out at a bar at, at 1 or 2 a.m., not a lot of good things can happen. So players have to be very careful. But on the other hand, on the player side, there there's a lot of good stuff going on too. And I know this certainly through our people at, at IFA, the agent, our agent firm, and, and for example, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Adam Thielen hosted a charity softball game with a bunch of teammates and coaches to raise money for the Thielen Foundation, supporting youth and populations in need. C.J. Ham had his third annual football camp up in Duluth, uh, and the proceeds going towards diversity scholarships. Armand Watts, um, one of our guys, is is donating his time for a free foot a free youth football camp that he's holding in his hometown of St. Louis. Uh, um, coming up in a week or so. And so there, there's a lot of good things that are going on too off the field with the players. And, and that's a positive that doesn't get reported nearly as much as, as I think it should. Good stuff. Let's uh, get, I want to ask you more about Thielen and we'll go around the NFL a little bit here. Uh, first of all, though, we do want to thank longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Always happy to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC Dior, six years running with the best selection and with their super friendly premium team. Check out that great website. We always talk about whitebearlakesuperstore.com and you'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX, and check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500 and reserve yours now. And don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The Wiper Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. 
and they are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law. They've moved into beautiful new offices in, in Bloomington. Uh, we visited recently, a uh, spectacular place. They built their business from a one-room office to uh, an amazing complex uh, with all, everything they could possibly want, everything that could give you an advantage. If you ever need an injury lawyer, just call 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. They will take good care of you. I tr uh, Trust me on that one. So I saw an interesting stat, and it was one of those next-generation NFL stats, top 10 pass catchers in terms of catching basically difficult catches, you know, making difficult catches, catching passes they shouldn't be able to get to. And Thielen was in the top 10 with some great names, including Cooper Cup. Uh, watching him at, at training camp and hearing other people talking about uh, these off-season camps, he's making one-hand catches. He's, he's beating, you know, really talented athletes. He... he He's still a, an excellent receiver. The question is, how much does he have left, uh, and how is he doing physically? I know you know him both as an analyst and as somebody who works with his agency. Yeah, I think that Adam is really a, a, a special player and in terms of his conditioning, in terms of his workout regimen. And he he's so smart that he understands that you've got to work hard. The older you get, you got to keep working. And and some players think, well, I don't want to stress my body. I don't want to work as hard in the offseason. I want to save it. I think the really smartest players are, are the guys that, that work out even harder as they get older. And I saw that with Chris Carter here for many years. And so Adam really does, and, and he, he owns a fitness company, uh, ETS, and that, that does a lot of work there. And so he, and he's got his, his own people that he works with there that, that, that train him besides working with the Vikings athletic trainers and, and strength and conditioning coaches. So, so he's a guy that, that I think is capable of, of playing a long, long time. And I don't even know what, I guess his age right now, right now he's 31. There's no reason he can't play until he's 35 and, and, and still have similar production because he, he works out so hard and, and he's so smart and he's a great route runner. And as you said, has fantastic hands. And so regardless of whether I work with, with the agency that represents him, just observing him, as, as you said, in OTAs and minicamp, every day he was making one-handed catches at the back of the end zone. And, and he and Cousins have a connection from playing together the last four years. And, and so that's all fantastic. Plus, let's face it, he benefits from having one of the truly elite receivers in the NFL, Justin Jefferson, on the other side. And so that takes attention away. And K.J. Osborne came on last year. Irv Smith Jr. is back this year. So skill position-wise, and then you add Dalvin Cook in the backfield. And, and so it kind of, kind of brings me to, Jim, and, and we talked about, you mentioned earlier, kind of the silly season, and you see some of these rankings that are out there about best offenses, best quarterbacks, best defenses, and all that. And one thing that really hit me, and I, I was kind of amused about, so I read, I read this Fox Sports columnist, and, and he's ranking the top 10 offenses in the NFL. And he does not have the Vikings in there. 
which which I would say the Vikings are right on the fringe of the top ten and cap- fully capable of getting into the top ten if the offensive line improves and holds up and if Cousins plays even better under O'Connell. Uh, Cousins is already a, a very good quarterback. He could take a step up, and the Vikings could be a top five or top ten offense very easily. But this article, they have Jacksonville ranked number nine. Really? How do you put Jacksonville at number nine ahead of a team such as the Vikings with the Vikings skilled people, Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Irv Smith Jr., Osborne, Cousins? That's crazy to me. And they say, well, because Trevor Lawrence in his second year is going to take a step forward. Well, really? He didn't play very well last year. And, yeah, they added maybe Christian Kirk. Uh, on an overpaid deal as a wide receiver from Arizona that they signed. But other than that, w- what have they done to get people all that excited about Jaguars that they could be a top 10 offense? So it's just kind of ridiculous, some of these rankings. And, and they're so meaningless. And you see the, the preseason overall team rankings. And, and I've seen a lot of these rankings, the Vikings generally in, a, in the number 15 to 20 spot for example, but several analysts predicting, hey, Minnesota could be one of the surprise teams to make a big leap forward and be a playoff team. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of couching your bet. <laughs> so it's just, I, I guess you got to, I guess these websites have to find something to write about this time of year. But I, I thought that, I thought that was really amusing that the Jaguars would be ranked in the top 10 and the Vikings would not. Well, so many things that we see this time of the year are ridiculous, but here's the thing, and I talk about this with Cheryl Reeve all the time about the WNBA. That is how you become a dominant force in the marketplace, is to get to a point where people want to talk about it, people want to speculate, they want to make up silly lists, and there's an audience for it. I mean, the most remarkable thing to me, Jeff, is ESPN, which covers every sport in the world and can do, you know, they could do more on women's sports they can do more on minor sports they can do more on soccer they that get up show with uh with what's his name greenberg it's almost always about the nfl and it's almost and the nfl segments are almost always about quarterbacks because it sells and it's all silly but man it works and every sport wants that every sport wants to remain in the public eye and have people having these silly debates 12 months of the year and the and the nfl is the king of that and the nba has actually discovered that its free agency period and its draft are more more entertaining and more exciting to a lot of fans than the actual games and that's where you want to be as a league yeah i think you're right and and that's that's i guess that's why we see this proliferation of all these comments and all these lists and and as you said talking about quarterbacks all the time in the nfl all the time and and so it's yeah it's about what what else today is it, it, it kind of reminds you about the live golf tour for example that it's still a big story they're only they're playing eight tournaments but if they're paying phil mickelson 200 million dollars it's going to be a big story they're going to keep talking about it even while the u.s opens going on and so it's just kind of crazy what goes on and and this top 10 offense list for example yeah so they, they ran kansas city number one but well they lost tyree Hill, by the way <laughs> And now this, so that's all about Mahomes. <clears throat> the Bills were number two, which I can see. The Rams number three, okay, that's all right. <clears throat> the Packers at number four, 
no Devontae Adams, no Valdez Scantling. And yeah, you got Aaron Rodgers. So it's almost all based on what happened last year. And as we know, things change year to year in the NFL. And there's always going to be five or six new playoff teams. And there's always going to be a bunch of teams making a big step forward. Who knows? It could be the New York Jets. <laughs> we'll see. Who, who do you like right now? If you had to bet on one team, let's say leading the, leading the NFL in offensive points scored, who would you pick at this point? I, I would pick I would pick the Buffalo Bills, and I just think that they they've got the talent there. And although they do have to play in some bad weather late in the year, but but I I, I just I, I love Josh Allen and how he's progressed as a player, and and he's got a, a, a really great supporting cast too. And and so I, I think it's close. And 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 perhaps Kansas City may be because you you can't undersell Mahomes ever, and I'm not sure that the Rams aren't going to take a, a slight step backwards, but but they do have Sean McVay innovative offense. And but if Stafford gets hurt and he's been hurt in the past, that could change. So I'll go with Buffalo just for the sake of argument right now. Yeah, and boy, if they if their running game improves, uh, man, they could be really, really dynamic, really good. That's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. I think it's good. Hey, let's, let's wrap up today's show. Once again, thank you to WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com and TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR Time. Thanks again to our producer, Brian Burnett. And thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Let's wrap up with this. The Packers claim a kicker cut by the Vikings. Does that ever, you know, as a, when you were a general manager, did you pause when your primary rival picked up a player that you cut? Yeah, a little bit. And... Probably not as much pause as, as I would about trading within the division <laughs> during draft day. Uh, but I think Gabe Burkich, the, the kicker who was signed and, and really had a pretty good resume out of, out of Oklahoma. Uh, he had one year where he was a perfect kicker there. Then the last couple of years, he went down a little bit, but still had, I think, five field goals over 50 yards, which were, I think, as many as anybody in the country. And... And so, yeah, so he's cut by the by the Vikings after a really shaky mini uh, OTA minicamp period where he struggled, and it was it was obvious watching practices that Greg Joseph was was the better kicker. I was a little surprised that they cut Burkett so so soon, but if they saw if they thought that he was not going to be competitive, and maybe they'll bring in another camp leg or whatever, and they wanted to sign a linebacker, uh, pass rusher. And so they freed up the roster spot. They cut Burkett, and immediately the Packers claim him. And again, based on his college resume, to compete with Mason Crosby, who is 38 years old and missed 11 kicks last year. So we'll see. Burkett could could end up being the guy there. And we know the the history of, of kickers that have been cut by the Vikings in recent years. <laughs> and so it's just, it, it, it would make me a little bit nervous to have him in green Bay. I, I would think, couldn't somebody else claim him, <laughs> but I, I would, I would anticipate having watched Burkitt in, in OTAs and minicamp. I'm, I'm not sure he's, he's good enough to beat out Mason Crosby even still. Yeah. And boy, they've been, they've been really loyal to Crosby. And there was, a, I remember he went through one slump a few years ago. I was like, they got to cut this guy. 
And to their credit, they stuck with him, and he, he bounced back, and he's been very good. Uh, and, you know, we just came off a Vikings regime where the coach was very willing and eager to change kickers at the first sign of trouble. What was your philosophy on kickers? Did you want to use them as, exchange, you know, exchangeable parts, or did you, you lean on, you know, kind of sticking with them and hoping they could work through whatever problems they had? Yeah, it, it's it's a, a tough one. I, I, I always felt that that you have to have have some loyalty towards your kickers unless they're really dreadful. And we know in retrospect the mistake that Zimmer made on Daniel Carlson, who who now is one of the top kickers in the league for the Raiders and was a fifth-round pick, and they cut him, what, two games into his, his career? That that I thought was was a way knee jerk reaction to that game in Green Bay where he missed missed several kicks, and I even said at the time, why don't you just make him your kickoff guy or hide him on injured reserve, do something, and work with the guy because he obviously had the leg, <clears throat> and and here he is four years later, one of the top guys in the league. So I I do think that that that's kind of a lesson that you have to be patient with kickers. You have to be patient with young players in, in particular as they come into the league. It's a big adjustment for any rookie, much less a kicker who steps into a situation where he's got to kick field goal, goals that can determine wins and losses, and it's so visible. So, yeah, I, and, and I guess part of the reason is that when I entered the league, the Vikings had Fred Cox, and he'd been there forever and continued to kick on our Super Bowl team and in my first year, and and, and we had we had a lot of great kickers over the years and and some heartbreaking kicks as we know but but also some tremendous kickers and so it's just i think patience is required not only with kickers but with any young player no doubt about it hey we'll be back next week we will, we will be contributing to the silly season we'll get into more vikings issues uh next week we'll probably touch on deshaun watson what's going on with him daniel snyder uh, i want to ask Jeff, more questions about the uh, kind of the heritage of the Viking offense we're going to see this year, and whether you should hire coaches who are from a coaching tree or somebody who kind of brings fresh ideas. A lot to talk about. We do appreciate listening. Also, check out the Viking Update show at talknorth.com. And again, subscribe to your favorite podcast app, and we'll be back next week.